Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about constipation in children. If you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash constipation or in the gastroenterology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Constipation is a very common problem in pediatrics. Most cases of constipation can be described as idiopathic constipation or functional constipation, meaning there's not a significant underlying cause other than lifestyle factors. It's important to think about possible secondary causes of constipation such as Hirschsprung's disease, cystic fibrosis or hypothyroidism whenever you see a new child with constipation. Let's talk about the presentation. How often somebody opens their bowels varies between individuals. This is even more variable in breastfed babies, which can have as little as one stool per week. Someone opening their bowels daily may be constipated, whereas someone else opening their bowel once or twice a week may not if that's normal for them. Typical features in the history and examination that would suggest constipation are less than three stools a week, hard stools that are difficult to pass, rabbit dropping stools, straining or painful passage of stools, abdominal pain, holding an abnormal posture, which is referred to as retentive posturing, rectal bleeding associated with hard stools, fecal impaction, which causes overflow soiling, with incontinence of particularly loose smelly stools, hard stools that may be palpable in the abdomen, and a loss of sensation of needing to open the bowels. Encoparesis is the term used for faecal incontinence, and this is not considered pathological until four years of age. It's usually a sign of chronic constipation where the rectum has become stretched and loses sensation. Large, hard stools remain in the rectum and only loose, watery stools are able to bypass the blockage and leak out, causing soiling. Other rarer causes of encoparesis include spina bifida, Hirschsprung's disease, cerebral palsy, learning disability, psychosocial stress, and abuse. There's a few lifestyle factors that can contribute to the development and continuation of constipation. Particularly, habitually not opening the bowels can lead to chronic constipation. Also, a low-fiber diet poor fluid intake and dehydration, a sedentary lifestyle and psychosocial problems such as a difficult home or school environment and it's important to always keep safeguarding in mind when dealing with children. Let's talk about desensitization of the rectum. Often patients develop a habit of not opening their bowels when they need to and ignoring the sensation of a full rectum. Over time they lose the sensation of needing to open their bowels and they open their bowels even less frequently, and they start to retain feces in the rectum. And this leads to fecal impaction, which is where large, hard stools block the rectum. Over time, the rectum will stretch as it fills with more and more feces, and this leads to further desensitization of the rectum. The longer this goes on, the more difficult it is to treat the constipation and reverse the problem. Let's talk about the secondary causes of constipation. And the key things to bear in mind are Hirschsprung's disease, cystic fibrosis, hypothyroidism, spinal cord lesions, 
sexual abuse, intestinal obstruction, anal stenosis, and cow's milk intolerance. And there's a few red flags which are things in the history or examination that should make you think about serious underlying conditions that may be causing the constipation. These are things that should prompt further investigations and referral to a specialist. Not passing meconium in the first 48 hours of birth should make you think about cystic fibrosis or Hirschsprung's disease. Neurological signs or symptoms, particularly in the lower limbs, should make you think about cerebral palsy or a spinal cord lesion. Vomiting should make you think about intestinal obstruction or Hirschsprung's disease. A ribbon stool. So if the stool is long and stretched like a ribbon, think about anal stenosis. An abnormal anus on examination should make you think about anal stenosis, inflammatory bowel disease or sexual abuse. An abnormal lower back or buttocks should make you think about spina bifida, spinal cord lesions or sacral agenesis. Failure to thrive should make you think about celiac disease, hypothyroidism or safeguarding. And acute severe abdominal pain and bloating should make you think about surgical causes such as obstruction or intersusception. There's a few key complications of constipation, and these are abdominal pain, reduced sensation, anal fissures, which are small tears in the anus from the large hard stools passing through, overflow diarrhea and soiling, and psychosocial morbidity. So how do we manage constipation in children? A diagnosis of idiopathic constipation can be made without investigations, provided that red flags are considered and excluded. It's important to provide adequate explanation of the diagnosis and management, as well as reassuring the parents about the absence of concerning underlying causes. Explain that treating constipation can be a prolonged process, potentially lasting months. The NICE clinical knowledge summaries recommend correcting any reversible contributing factors and recommending a high-fibre diet and good hydration. Starting laxatives, a Movacol is the first-line laxative. If the child is suffering with faecal impaction, they may require a disimpaction regime with high doses of laxatives at first to clear that impacted faeces in the rectum. And children need to be encouraged and praised when visiting the toilet. And this can involve scheduling visits, a bowel diary and star charts. Laxatives should be continued long-term and slowly weaned off as the child develops a normal, regular habit. So thanks for listening to this episode on constipation. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. There's also audiobook versions of all of the Zero to Finals books available on Audible. You can also find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free at zerodefinals.com and I hope you tune in for the next episode where we'll be talking about gastroesophageal reflux.